This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all, a Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With me, Dylan Hafer Hold on, check me, boo Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I am Dylan Hafer and it is a new week and we, boy, do we have a lot to talk about today. Uh, We are going to be talking about Roni. I don't think I ever really talked about last week's episode, so we've got a little bit of catch up to do there. We've got some reality reckoning updates from the one and only Bethany Frankel. Uh, But first, a couple bits of news. Did you all see who's on the cover of this week's Woman's World magazine. That's right. It is soap star and RHOBH's Eileen Davidson. She's sharing her secrets to feeling great at 64. (laughs) This magazine cover, if you have not seen, head to at Eileen Davidson official on Instagram right now, because it is the most chaotic thing you've seen in a while. So Eileen is looking great. You know, she... She feels great at 64. She also looks great at 64. Uh, I would not have guessed she was 64 years old. That makes me feel old. Um, But more prominent than Eileen Davidson's face on this magazine cover is the headline, Soup Off 14 Pounds This Week, Speeds Weight Loss by 691%. It just takes one big pot of this Superman broth made with surprising common ingredients. Carol McLean, 73, lost 107 pounds and reversed pre-diabetes. Quote, you're never too old to change your life. This is all text that I am reading from the cover. And it is so rude to me. So Eileen's face is nicely situated in the upper right corner of this cover. But this picture and quote and blurb about Carol McLean, 73, losing 107 pounds by souping off her, uh, <laughs> her weight is covering up all of Eileen's body. There also, there's so, there's so much happening on this cover. We get um, news. Gently pressing the right nerves does it. 20 seconds to stress free. Uh, we get box breathing trick works magic. Quote, how I cured my long COVID. Online beauty influencers are raving about $10 fake Botox. How to stop caring about haters. Secret to bullyproof. Okay, first of all, all of these things sound like Jen Shaw phone scams that would be, you know, stealing money from elderly people. But also, what what is the wording of these sentences? In all caps, we have secret to bully proof. How to stop caring about haters. What is to, <laughs> to bully proof? I just, it is wild. We also have free fun. No cost ways to stream and order food. Uh Please tell me I'm spending way too much money on on my delivery apps these days. Um, and then at the bottom, quick and delish, oh so cheesy casseroles and creamy treats. <laughs> there is just so much happening, and I really wish the focus was more on our sweet dear Eileen Davidson. Um, but good for her; she's a cover girl. 
the the clip over the weekend was going around of years ago when Teddy Mellencamp joined Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and Sarah Paulson was complaining about it on a red carpet where she's like, she's like, where is Eileen? And who's the new girl? Because I love Eileen. And where did she go? And she's right here. She's on Woman's World magazine along with souping off 14 pounds. I'm happy for her. Um, in other Beverly Hills news, though, we're still waiting on a new season trailer. It looks like it's going to be coming out the first week of November along with Potomac. Uh, but we do have a bit of news because in the past week, in separate TMZ interviews, both Kyle and Mauricio have confirmed that they are, in fact, separated. This has been the stupidest, most protracted, unnecessary rollout of a, a maybe breakup that I can remember because it just it, months ago now, there was this report that they were separated. And then Kyle did her whole denial of, you know, we're not getting divorced, which nobody ever said that they were. And then they're still living together. And then maybe they're back together. But then what's happening with Morgan Wade? And also Mauricio's going on Dancing with the Stars, which feels, I don't know, midlife crisis-y for him. Suffice to say, it's been unclear what's been happening with them the last couple months. And they have, Kyle at least, has seemed to want to kind of continue to play coy about what the actual status of their relationship is. But finally, last week, Mauricio said on camera that they are separated. And then uh, just today, I saw the video at LAX, of course, always papped at the airport, um, Kyle confirming that they are separated currently. Uh, look, I'm sure we'll see this play out in some form on this season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And I, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that they manage to make it interesting. But so far, it's just, it's not giving. This is a breakup, a, you know, a maybe possible potential breakup. I don't know. Who knows? This should be like earth shattering news. And the way that it is being rolled out to us, it's like, it's like one of those iPhone updates where it keeps sending you reminders, but it's like iOS 15.2.3 and you're you're looking at the thing and it's like ugh, bug fixes, security update, some you know, technological thing that doesn't that you don't understand. There's not there's no cool feature. There's no new app that you're going to get. It's like this is a breakup where it's just like yeah, I guess, you know, update it while I'm asleep, 2 to 4 a.m. Well, it's plugged into power. I'll wake up. I won't notice that anything is different. Um, and now that we know Kyle and Mauricio are broken up, I I feel nothing. I feel the same. <laughs> um, God, I really hope this season of Beverly Hills is good. The Potomac trailer looks spicy. We have eight housewives in Potomac this season. Only the third time in Housewives history that there have been eight full-time women on a cast uh, after last season of Beverly Hills and season seven, I believe in it. Season seven, I don't know. One of those seasons of Roni. Um, there's not a lot of Mia in the trailer. There's not a lot of Candace in the trailer. Uh, there's plenty of Robin and Juan. If that's your, uh, if if that's your uh, your conflict of choice, it looks like you'll be getting fed. Um, I don't know. I uh, Potomac last season was one of those seasons where it wasn't a bad season, but it it wasn't their best. And it felt like we were kind of searching for the 
the the best version of what it could be. And so I hope that this year they have managed to capture that a little bit more. But either way, I'm very excited. It sounds like we're also hopefully going to be getting news about Miami soon. I mean, it's October now. We've we're barreling toward the end of the year. BravoCon starts a month from tomorrow. So we're going to need some announcements because I don't want to go to a BravoCon panel where these women can't fucking talk about anything. I don't want to be teased about, oh, we're feeling, there, things are good. There's, tra- there's drama. The new girl. Who's the new girl? It's like, tell me who the new girl is. Show me the trailer. Give me the premiere date. Send me the screener so I can watch it ahead. Like, uh, we need the information because if I'm if I'm going to Vegas, I <laughs> I am I, I am going to Vegas. <laughs> either way, um, I I will be there and I will I will be there with bells on. I'll be happy either way. But like, tell us what's happening so we can have some context. And where is Dubai? Where is Dubai? Because the Real Housewives of Dubai season one last year premiered on June first. So now we are. Not just a year in the future. We are one year and what is it? Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Four months. Sixteen months it's been since Dubai premiered. And there is not a not a word they've filmed in the past tense, I I think. It seems like they must have been done for a while. The thing is, I don't even care that much about Dubai. And that's why this is so puzzling to me that this is a show that was received, I would say, moderately well at best and probably realistically more kind of shruggishly. <laughs> I would say the the reception was kind of like, okay. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but I don't, I'm not obsessed. I'm not clamoring for more. And so when you decide to make a second season of a show like that and to keep, I believe, five out of six of the housewives, you know, RIP Nina Ali's career on Bravo, long may we remember, um, you're you're dealing with a a, a loss of momentum that I think in this case is going to be really tough to combat unless this second season ends up being really something wild and something special and sort of a a can't miss thing. I think a lot of people that were like, oh yeah, Dubai was fun enough. Like I'm, you know, I'll I'll watch a second season. I feel like the trailer is going to come out and people are going to be like, oh, I forgot this existed. And we're going to have Salt Lake, which is really good. And Beverly Hills, which I'm going to watch, you know, whether it's good or not. And Miami is probably going to be really good. And Potomac, those girls always deliver. Oh, and the Dubai is going to be on. Eh. Mm. I think there are going to be a lot of people who are like, uh, yeah, I'm watching what, four or five Bravo shows a week. I don't know if Dubai is going to make it in that rotation. And last season, I, I'm pretty sure their time slot was the same night as Beverly Hills, which is I get the strategy there, but then it's tough because if people, you know, if I'm only talking about one show, I mean, be fucking for real. So Dubai, what's, what's happening? We got, we got to get some updates there or else I, I, I just, the moment is passing. 
Summer is fast approaching, which means more social events, more weddings to attend, more nights on the town, and hopefully more vacations. That's why I'm so thankful for today's sponsor, Honey Love, for covering us with the best shapewear. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology, so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they are the only shapewear that won't ever roll down, no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash MIA. When talking about effective shapewear, Honeylove's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering the perfect amount of compression. You won't have to worry about it rolling down, which is unheard of in shapewear, thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with Honey Love. The weather is getting warmer, so it's time to ditch those jackets and sweaters for shorts and tees. I used to waste my money on clothes that would only last one season. That was until I found Quince. Now I've got high quality pieces that never go out of style that I'll be wearing year after year. Now that it's getting warmer, I just stocked up on the Quince Cotton Modal t-shirts. I love a black t-shirt that's the right balance of looking really nice, but feeling really comfortable. It's 50% cotton, 50 percent modal. It's lightweight. It's breathable. It has a little stretch to it, but it looks so put together. I also just stocked up on more of my favorite Quince socks because let's be honest, I am at the point in my life where I don't need to have any socks in my closet that have holes in them. I'm getting the Quince ones that are going to last me a long time. They're just the perfect staple to have in your wardrobe. Quince has all the seasonal must-haves like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, which I just love. Upgrade your wardrobe today. Go to quince.com mention for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot mention to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash mention. Speaking of housewife shows that we do know what's happening with, Roni is airing every Sunday night. And so uh so let's talk about it. Um the women this week are back from their trip in Anguilla. Um overall, I thought it was a decent trip. I thought it was interesting enough. They they did put in the effort to get some some conflict going. I don't think it was one of the the best spiciest housewives trips we've ever had but also that's not really the vibe of this season of roni and that's that's okay i think uh, overall this season has been a good kind of proving ground for this concept and i think the group of women has largely done a good job of sort of carrying the ball uh I think, and this from what I see online is is not an unpopular opinion. I think Sai is falling flat a little bit, which makes me sad. But you know, there's there's a lot of Sai this episode. We get 
a solo scene with her and her daughter who wants to do acting and des- desperately wants an agent. Great. I mean, I've been, as you know, I've been rewatching season one of Roni. It's very reminiscent of Ramona and Avery. And, uh, you know, respectfully, it, it, it doesn't hit the same now. But um, we also get this scene with Sai and Jessel, which I guess they have big beef to squash after the trip to Anguilla. But it's also kind of like, do they have big beef to squash? Like, the whole thing with Jessel is that Aaron and Sai feel like Jessel has this tendency to sort of paint with a broad brush when she's just, you know, describing things that have happened to her and has a tendency to veer toward sort of comparison and always having a, a matching story for somebody's difficult experience that they've gone through. And I feel like we all have encountered people like this, whether or not they're, you know, really someone someone you're becoming friends with or allowing into your life is probably depends on how willing you are to put up with bullshit to a certain degree. But I I do think that there is something there in the idea that Jessel is somebody who has I don't want to say she's a liar. But I would say maybe she has a squishy relationship with solid facts. That there's a a little bit of um, God, I hate to use this term because it, it because of what it carries with it, but it's a little bit of like alternative facts itis, where it's like, oh well, you know, I wasn't rich, or like I my parents didn't help me, and I think. I don't want to go too hard on Jessel because I think everything that she's saying is true to her. In in the world that she lives in, in time and space and uh, perhaps delusion, everything that she's saying is honest. And I think that the women, some of the women get that. I think that like Jenna and Bryn especially, like I think they recognize that like, Jessel's kind of harmless. Like she isn't somebody who's out here trying to negate somebody else's experience or trying to tear somebody else down. She just has this natural tendency of seeing herself in everybody's experience, especially when it kind of, you know, makes her own journey seem more, I don't know, struggle laden or impressive in a way or inspirational that she's like, well, yeah, you know, my parents had this and then I was with my uncle and he had, he was an alcoholic and I, I feel so bad. And you sort of, I think that the tough thing with her is that when you are trying to bond with somebody like that on a deeper level and have a real connection with them, it's really difficult to get through that, you know, squishy layer of goo that surrounds the real facts. And so, you know, if you decide that you want to be close with that person, you either have to just accept that they are always kind of going to be doing that annoying thing where they're like, oh yeah, that kind of happened to me too. And then they tell the story and you're like, that's that's not the same, it's not similar to the story I told. Or you have to, I don't know, get like really pick apart that person's whole psyche, which let's be honest, none of these women are in a place with Jessel where they're like 
going to do that work with her. So I think for Sai, she kind of is getting to the point where she is like, oh, yeah, I don't actually know if I like give a fuck that much about what's happening beneath the surface with Jessel. So she apologizes to her for what happened in Angula. She's like, I'm sorry if it made you feel like I was comparing. And Sai's just like, okay, yeah, I don't, I don't really care. But then Jessel, because she is, because she has this urge to be on the same page with everyone, she can't compute the fact that Sai is just like respectfully bowing out of this whole dynamic. So then she comes up with another story. And I say, I don't mean that she's like inventing a story. I mean that she like pulls it out of the hat and it's like, well, you know, I wasn't comparing with your mom, but but I just want you to understand this thing with my uncle. And Sai uh, decides to leave the lunch, which, considering the fact that Jocelyn was 41 minutes late to her own lunch, I, I don't begrudge her that. I think that this we are seeing a moment in this friendship and maybe within this cast where... We've had, you know, 10 episodes or whatever of everybody kind of putting in the group effort to become a friend group. And I think we're naturally getting to a point where there are certain, you know, one-on-one dynamics within this group that just don't really have mileage as friendships, as relationships, as, you know, whatever moving forward. And I think that's where it's going to be a really interesting question of, what does this cast look like next season? Because I think, like I said, Sai has kind of been falling flat for a lot of people. And if she's, if her reaction to Jessel is to kind of just put up the like, I don't give a fuck white flag and retreat from the friendship, that's also not really, it's not providing anything to work with for a potential next season. Like if her, if she leaves the reunion in a place with Jessel where it's like, eh, yeah, I think we tried. And I'm just like, I don't really care. Next season ideally would be the time when you're like, so Jessel and I are meeting and we're, we decided to put aside our differences and work through our whatever. Whereas if she's like not in a place of wanting to do that, what is there to watch? Like some, one of the reasons that Salt Lake I think is working so well this season is because it does feel like everyone has sort of mutually agreed to like come back to the table and at least say that they want to work through their stuff. And, you know, it's like (laughs) union negotiations. Like maybe, uh, maybe Meredith isn't actually willing to talk through any of Lisa Barlow's deal points, but at at the very least there's going to be a conversation and the cameras are going to be there to film it. And I, I think that's going to be the question going into next season is like, we got to get, people in the room who are willing to talk. And I don't know if, I don't know if Sai is really going to be that person. The thing though with this episode is that Jessel and Pavit have their big staycation, you know, let's have sex again after two years night. And we have been working up this whole season to when this is going to happen. And Jessel's talking about it and Pavit's talking about it and all the women are talking about it and all the men are talking about it. And then do you know what happens? 
when they have their staycation at the Ritz-Carlton Nomad and Jessel buys her crotchless panties and they go to a Michelin star restaurant? We don't get to see it at all. I'm sorry. This is this is a grievous sin on the behalf of production. I don't know if Jessel told them they weren't allowed to film. I don't know if this was if they planned it on their day off. I I don't know what happened behind the scenes. I would like some answers, but I'm sorry. If you want me to care for three months about a storyline of a woman not fucking her husband, I, we need to be in the room when she fucks her husband. Not, I mean, not like during the the act itself, which we don't even technically know if it happened. Sai doesn't think it did because we get very few details. Jessel's like, well, you know, it took me like 20 minutes to loosen up. It's like, okay. And then what? Pavitt's not canceling his 24-hour trip to Vietnam. So <laughs> what's happening there? I just, there are certain things happening this season where it's like, I want to be really into this. And then you're pulling back in a way that makes it hard. You can't tease something for 11 episodes and then have it be one iPhone video for five seconds of like a freshly made bed that clearly nobody's been fucking in. I just think it's like what we should have gotten. We got Uba in the bathtub this episode, which we didn't even wasn't even relevant to the plot, but we couldn't get Jessel in the bathtub with Pavit. They should have had a full Meredith and Seth conversation in the bathtub. This I feel strongly about. I just, I think it's weird. I think it's weird that they teased this so much and then didn't give us the payoff. That is, that is frustrating to me. Uh, you know, otherwise Pavit says, I've been paying this married with kids tax for about two years now. So it's about time I get my refund. I don't know if I like that. Ugh, it's those two. I will, I will never, um, just never quite understand. Probably the standout scene of the episode for me is seeing Jenna and Bryn at a lesbian bar together, uh, which we get <laughs> we get some outstanding transition music. They're really taking cues from Selling Sunset here. Uh, we go straight from uh, Jessel and Pavitt at breakfast where she's, you know, chiding him for asking for spicy chicken and waffles because it's a French restaurant. Um, and then we uh, we transition into the lesbian bar with this song that's like, we don't need no sleep because the party don't stop. So put your hands on me and turn me on, turn me up. Where do they find this stuff? <laughs> I don't, this doesn't, it doesn't really go with the, the like cool, chic downtown vibes of this season of Roni. I gotta say the, the, you know, Grocery store pop music doesn't quite seem like what Jenna Lyons would curate for her uh, big lesbian bar scene. But, you know, besides, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, we get to see Brynn kind of playing wing woman. <laughs> I like that Brynn is like, I want to make out with a girl. This is so fun. Let me, you know, let's talk. Come here. Show me your tattoo. Blah, 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 blah. And Jenna's just like, oh, yeah, this is great because Brynn is so obviously straight. And I'm just like getting all the attention. Like, that's... That's correct. Like Bryn is Bryn is doing a great job. I love Bryn and Jenna's little blossoming friendship. Um, and I would like to explore that 
further next season. And I, I hope we get a chance to. Uh, that's Roni. We've still got a few weeks to go this season. Uh, we did get the reunion looks. Uh, everybody up in arms about Jenna Lyons wearing jeans to the reunion. I kind of say it's not a surprise. I think she looks fine. Um, it is what it is. I don't really... Jenna Lyons can do whatever she wants. Splash Refreshers are the delicious zero-calorie beverage I'm reaching for again and again when I'm feeling thirsty for something flavorful. I believe in the three-beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash spices it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. Lately, my go-to office beverage has been the Splash Wild Berry flavor. It's so nice to just put a few in the fridge at the beginning of the week, grab one whenever you want something nice and refreshing. It's just the right amount of flavor, just the right amount of sweetness. You know the vibes. When you want something refreshing, when you want something hydrating, Splash is the perfect thing to reach for. It perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. And it's available in five craveable flavors. Wild Berry, that's my favorite, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. It's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So let's talk about the reality reckoning updates that we've gotten. So I don't think I talked about a couple weeks ago, there was a a note, a letter sent from NBC Universal um, and specifically the chairman Francis Berwick to production companies that work on their shows about how they were strengthening protocols about um, safety and just kind of like workplace types of things. Uh, so some of the stuff that this includes was there's going to be uh, an enhanced alcohol training for cast and crew members um, and better guidelines about, you know, when people are going to stop being served and how to, you know, kind of handle stuff in environments around alcohol, which obviously is a huge thing, uh, particularly on Below Deck we have seen uh, recently. There's going to be increased psychological support during and after production of shows. Apparently, it's already been uh, a policy that before production on a season, everybody meets with a psychologist. Um, and now there are going to be increased resources for that, both during production and afterward, including psychological support through the duration of the airing of the show, which I think is probably a big change. I mean, if you think about a lot of these shows, they're being aired months, sometimes even over a year after they've been shot. So that's a pretty long period of time. And I think it's it's a great thing that a lot of these women or, you know, people, it's not just women because it's not just housewives, but they might film a show in a bubble and think, oh yeah, I'm totally fine. And then when the episodes are airing on TV, they could be getting, first of all, they're seeing the people seeing scenes they didn't know about, confessional interviews they didn't know about, and also the social media aspect of it, the publicity aspect of it. 
people can have a completely different experience filming the show versus when the show is airing. So I think that's important. Also, they noted that there is going to be on-set psychological support during reunion tapings. Uh, This seems like a point that is... uh, kind of directly based on what Rachel said about the Vanderpump Rules reunion where she, uh, you know, alleged that she was promised that there would be uh, basically that support on set and then it was taken away from her. Uh, Not great if that's what happened. Uh, There's going to be increased communication between NBC Universal and production companies uh, during the production of shows, including some more HR presence. I'm I'm paraphrasing these bullet points. There's more specifics. Uh, There there will be increased consequences for physical violence on set. Um, And also they made it clear that confidentiality agreements or NDAs that people working on these shows sign are not applicable to reporting unlawful behavior that happens. So that was something Bethany had talked about, NDAs that people are forced to sign. Um, and they're they're clarifying, or you know, I don't know if this is a change or just a clarification, that if something illegal is happening, that whatever confidentiality agreements they have don't uh, preclude you from reporting those things. Honestly, it's, it's a lot. It's, it, I think that this is... Probably not 100% of the way there in terms of things that should be changed or, you know, should be looked into changing. But there's there's a lot of stuff there. It's a lot of good stuff, and I think it, it needs to be followed through on. But um, Bethany posted on Instagram this three-slide uh, text statement, kind of an update on the reality reckoning and how she feels and what's happening. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing. I've highlighted some some portions that I think are interesting, but she clearly is not satisfied with where this is going. Uh, one of the things she says is a letter about an onset psychologist and a reduction of alcohol consumption is a nice step, but it won't suffice. Uh, we peddle our wares and answer provocative polls and negative questions designed to tear each other down, setting a bad example for women and children. So she clearly feels like the individual steps forward that are talked about in this note and maybe other places are good, you know, correct decisions. But this note makes clear that her real issue kind of stems from the broader overarching concept of what these shows are. Um, And, to be honest, I don't I think this has shifted from what she was talking about at first was the idea of a reality union and you know, putting things in place so that people aren't exploited and they know what they're getting into and obviously pay structures and residuals and stuff like that is a whole separate can of worms from the kind of onset conditions, but it does seem now like Bethany has come to the realization that she has more of a an existential problem with what this all means. She says, to be successful in reality TV, you must kill or be killed. To not get dirty is to get fired. Someone is winning and someone is losing in this zero-sum game where people like myself get rich and the less strategic go broke or get canceled. I was good at the game, so what does that say about me? I was broken, desperate, and wanted it so badly. My one-liners and quick wit crafted and honed from a dysfunctional childhood. That's very 
Jessel to just throw that in there. Uh, Often at others' expense, shot me through the ranks of this toxic cesspool. This medium preys on and profits from the emotionally flawed and damaged. Um, She says that it creates a society at large, glorifying women, trashing each other for profit. She wanted to be something and helped create the genre, paving the road for those behind her. Uh, And now maybe she is biting the hand that fed her, but perhaps that hand deserves to be bitten. We have fed the machine ratings, ad dollars, catchphrases, and content. We get filthy and they get filthy rich. There's a lot, there's a lot here. And I think that she is going through a thought process that is very understandable and i think that a lot of the a lot of the ideas are really valid but i think that she is it feels like she is getting stuck in this mental idea that it has to be this way for this to exist at all she the idea that it's a zero sum game and you must kill or be killed i think that there are a lot of instances where that hasn't really been the case. I mean, I don't doubt for a second that there are people who have gone on these shows and really regretted it or really, you know, had, you know, lost financial opportunities or things have really gone badly for them. I mean, would Jen Shaw be in prison if she hadn't gone on a TV show? No one will ever know. But (laughs) I just, I don't think that it's as black and white as Bethany now seems to think that it is. I mean, think of somebody like Cynthia Bailey, for example. She was on Real Housewives of Atlanta for what, 10, 11 seasons? She's been through lots of ups and downs. She has, you know, had friendships come and go. She has had marriages come and go. But I don't really think that Cynthia Bailey was ever in a kill or be killed position. She was not somebody on the show who was shooting bombs at people and then walking away from the wreckage of others with her own pockets lined. I think that this is something where I get why Bethany feels maybe dirty about some of the things that she, I mean, the whole situation with Luann has come up a lot about, you know, that whole, how that went down. I think there are other situations where Bethany's, you know, you could question Bethany's actions, but I think that maybe she's applying her own experience pretty generally to everybody who does these shows. And I'm, I'm just not sure that that's quite accurate. And, you know, Bethany says that she wants to lead by example and evolve for herself and her daughter and that she wants to uh, protect her daughter from false beauty ideals and images. Uh, and the res- she says the responsibility of parenting falls on the parent, not the public. A- and I think that this is sort of telling. And it feels like Bethany is kind of grappling with the real meaning of what she participated in and how she, you know, how she participated in it and how she profited from it and how she you know, related to it. And I think that this is, it's probably something she needs to go through, but I, I don't know that we all need to go through it with her. Like I, it seems like she is a great mom to Bryn. I hope that she feels like she's a great mom to Bryn and that she's, you know, protecting our kids from false beauty ideals is a a wonderful goal. 
But I don't think that that goal is equal to like cancel housewives. And obviously I'm saying this as somebody who likes having my, you know, dumb little shows to watch every week. But I I just think that it feels like Bethany is now kind of in a place where this has gotten a little more personal and a little less um a little a little less about everybody else. And I I hope that she can kind of maybe take a step back and and deal with that part on her own. But um you know, what I will say is that a couple months ago when we were getting, you know, union organizer Barbie Bethany, I, myself and others were wondering kind of how long she would stick with that, um, stick with that line of thinking after, you know, hot strike summer had ended and it's now October 2nd and it doesn't really seem like Bethany is, um, is uh, pulling for that union anymore. She's kind of, she's like, she's turned the lens inward and that's fine. But also, you know, I don't know how that's going to help other people get paid more and other people get whatever. So I think uh, the prediction of Bethany kind of uh, only giving a shit about the reality union for a few weeks while it was trending seems to have panned out. Um, Otherwise, I hope that she, uh, I hope that she does well with this for herself. Uh, But that's all for today. Thanks everyone for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Picot, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales-Picot. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a Wildberry Splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches.